This aircon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. arms, can you please come in? Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amra. Thank you so much for tuning in and affording us a little bit of your hard-earned data. Promise it won't go to waste this week. Because we've got some sensational topics to talk about. It's been a really crazy week um, in South Africa's political climate. Now, this week I'm joined in the studio by my colleagues up here with the clerk, Juanita Hunter and Zengisa Nvumvu. As I've said, it's been a controversial couple of days for politics in South Africa with the new interim leader elected to our main opposition party, the DA. So, John Stianazen, the party's former chief whip in parliament, will take over the reins nationally until the party's big elective conference next year. Stienhazen was elected over his only contestant, uh, Makishule Ghana, and won sem- by 75% of the vote. Um, we're also going to be talking about the ANC's perpetual infighting. Um, you remember that old adage about airing your dirty laundry doesn't even apply here. It's like the ANC is standing there naked, spinning their stained briefs all, all around <laughs> for people to see. I mean, it's crazy. The newest battleground between those aligned to Ramaphosa and basically everyone else stems from Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon and his announcement of Andre Dereta, the outgoing CEO of Nampak, as the new boss at ESCOM. Now, it didn't take long for the ANC's youth league to come out guns blazing, saying it was confirmation of the, and I quote here, deep root of white privilege in South Africa's boardrooms. Now, the leak said the appointment of Dorator could be explained only, and I quote again, in the darker corners of cronyism, which seemed to be perpetuated by the Minister of Public Enterprises, talking about Gordon here. Then, the Women's League decided to give it a go as well, calling Gordon's appointment a, and I quote, deliberate entrenched mediocracy in the top echelons of the state-owned enterprises. Quoting them again, the ANC's Women's League is a fir- is of firm belief that this is a conscious patriarchal agenda to disregard skills and the experience of women, in particular black women, in South Africa. So some strong statements in opposition to Praveen Gordon's appointment. So let's start with the ANC, guys. The cracks are showing. Does Ramaphosa have control of the ship? Or are these sort of arguments democratic and should they be had in the ANC? Q, let's start with you. The thing about these type of appointments is that you really need to entice people to a poison chalice to take over as chief executive of something like ESCOM with the houses burning, right? And so so, so the one part of it is why would a guy take a salary cut to steer a burning ship, right? So that's mm. that's the first part of it. The second part of it is that was there nobody else who wanted the job or no one else was offered the job? That's a very important question for me, right? And then the third thing is that, uh, you, you know, to, to it's also disingenuous for the ANC Youth League, whichever, whatever Youth League you're talking about, because I don't even know a Youth League exists, but and the Women's League now to use this appointment to fight a proxy battle, right? Now, when you talk about director's appointment, there's criticism from people who are usually supportive mm. of Praveen Gordon, and and rightfully so. 
right? If you just talk about the transformation element to it, I think that it kind of sends that terrible message that says uh, we need a white man to solve the problems of the day because if this appointment fails, ESCOM and the economy fails, um, and and that the thing about ESCOM is too big to fail is nonsense. It can mm-hmm. fail, and the economy can go with it. So 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 for me, it's also a little bit disheartening in some way that the conversation can't be, um, you know, you ha- it's so polarizing the debate in the sense that. For me, if I look at this guy's track record, your share price dwindled, mm, right? At NAMPAC. At NAMPAC. Mm. I mean, you don't have, the, you don't, you're not, you're not an engineer. You don't have energy ex, um, experience. Mm. So, so for me, if I look at you on paper, you are not the best guy for the job, right? Mm. At the same time, I'm also tempted to say, hmm, was this the best choice for transformation, right? Mm. But then the, 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 the. The craziness about the discussion, it has to be, this guy was appointed by Ramaphosa because he's white. Yeah. And I must support that. I Like, for me, I want to only criticize that this guy's not the biggest, you know, not the mm. nicest stock they've been. And it's anti-transformative. I don't think we need to be, um, what is the word? When you, when you just, like, lose it? What is the word? You know, just just like I think we can have a rational debate to say, you know what, this guy's n- probably not the best pick, mm. but who else would have taken the job? Mm. Yeah, but uh, there w- there was a whole uh, list of people who had applied, so clearly there were people who were interested in the job. Mm. It's not like uh, they just went; th- th- they advertised, and of the people that advertised, they didn't cut it. Uh, and then they went to uh, uh, issue an advert again, and then no one uh, uh, applied, mm. and then they went to to headhunt. I, I w- but you do know these advertising processes are complete fast, right? When it comes to SOEs, that's my biggest problem. But <laughs> that, that that's where I, I that's where I want to go with my argument. That well, if and 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 the point you are making is valid, and I think that's the point that. Um, the Women's League and the ANC uh, Youth League uh, task team, whatever they are, um, should be emphasizing on more that what was the motivation. Uh, I get the fact that the guy was at uh, Sasol. Sasol, well, you you speak energy and you're not a stranger per se to the energy sector, but he was not the CEO, isn't it? Yeah, he was very junior, actually. I had a guy yesterday yeah. explaining, like, he was report. There were five people above him in terms of the reporting line. Yes. So, but but aside from that, I mean, uh, what, what's the motivation? Um, and, and also a pay cut. I, I, I never, ever, 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 ever trust someone who moves from business or in business in an executive position and takes a pay cut. For me, my suspicions, it's always two. It's either you are running away from something where you are or where you are going, you are going to get more than just what you are being paid. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's never rational. I would never take a pay cut as a journalist now. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go and work for a newspaper, a, 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 a community newspaper somewhere. The, the only other reason would be, well, uh, I, I would hold some sort of power. Uh, in some small town where I would get more than just hmm. being uh, a journalist or maybe an editor of that newspaper. I would never. It doesn't make sense for anyone. Hmm. 
Mm. Um, I, I would like to understand it. Um, I would also like to understand uh, the rationale behind uh, choosing the guy. I mean, um, maybe uh, the minister will, when uh, going to the portfolio committee in parliament, maybe break it down. Why was he the, the preferred candidate at this juncture? I mean, uh, for, for, for for ESCOM, I mean, you, I thought you needed a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, start performer, someone uh, who who can say no. He turned around this company. This company was in the brink of collapse, and then he came through and turned it around. Its share price was uh, not mm-hmm. point what what, and now it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's at fifteen rand. It's at it's at twenty. Or even if I the share, yeah, even if the share price dwindled, as in the case of Nampak, to explain to say, okay, this was the industry norms. This mm-hmm. was this is other companies who were in that space. You know, this is how we're suffering. We were supposed to bleed so much more mm. and I start you know that kind yeah. of like, take but that that means you have to respect the public and if you don't respect the public why must you give mm. an explanation I'll, I'll take it up on choose last point of the public first of all uh, my my take on this situation the the untransparency in which these appointments are made uh, you know it, it shocks me uh, public uh, companies like ESCOM they are our interest all of us especially those of us who pay tax. In fact, we all pay tax in one form or the other. So we have a direct interest as shareholders. We are the shareholders of ESCOM. We ought to know uh, the criterion uh, and and the process that was followed to appoint someone into such a position. And perhaps in the future, what ought to be done is to conduct these interviews and the process in an open manner, such, such as is the case with the public protector, for instance. You know, good luck with that one. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we couldn't get it with SARS. No, I was just going to say, yeah. and SARS is not even a, 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 a company; it's a it's part of government. But yeah, so this is exactly what I'm saying. And you see now this culture of uh, you know these appointments happening behind closed doors and being suspicions about this one being connected to that one in that one it, it 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 just polarizes the whole debate because we would be able to debate properly had we saw this process had we had public interviews to say but this guy even fumbled in the interview why did he get this job mm-hmm. secondly uh, you know again a point that i've observed with this appointment i think the anc so-called deployment committee is completely dysfunctional mm-hmm. i don't even think it exists you know for anc uh, structures to be at each other's throats in this manner it goes to show that within the ANC as the governing party, there was no discussion mm. in this regard in terms of the kind of person that ought to be done. They talk about their so-called national democratic revolution. I don't even know what it means, you know, and the objectives thereof, one of which being to transform, mm. uh, you know, South Africa, especially at an executive level uh, of, you know, management in the corporate space. So. Again, that is just another point that the ANC is catching at straws. They don't know whether they are coming or going. Mm. They have just left it to God's hands, Shem. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So th- those those are the pointers. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that the debate is around race instead of being around the guys. Uh, you know, a track record mm. and experience, and, and you know, I think the debate should be on merit. As you had put it, has put it, and appear. I think on merit with what we know now is that the guy didn't deserve the job. Mm. So, so, so does the conversation about race muddy the discussion around competence? Absolutely, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, and I think th- this was going to be my next point. And 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 when you're talking transformation, I'm not just talking about uh, a black face or a black person. I'm talking about uh, because the women's league raised the point about women, 
and having 50% of women in, 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 uh, as CEOs of SOEs. We, SCOM, if we talk about transformation and we talk about that position to be precise, I mean, they have been giving black executives uh, a chance. Um, not to say when you are saying black executives are failing, therefore they must be replaced by white people to show them how to do it. No. Uh, it's to say because uh, we have a history like this, it doesn't matter no more uh, who, because that's the whole point of transformation. You, you, you create a culture whereby um, it's equal opportunity mm -hmm. in that sect, uh, in, in so far as it has to do with ESCOM, that mm -hmm. anyone who is capable well, yeah. then can do it because you've shown that we, we, can, we, we have uh, a culture that gives black people an equal opportunity uh, when they are competing with their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. So ESCOM has done that, has shown it. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of uh, uh, these people who are anti-transformation have been criticizing ESCOM to say uh, it's because of the transformation agenda that ESCOM mm -hmm. is failing, which is a lie. Mm -hmm. But ESCOM, if you look at it, look at its organogram, look at uh, the de demographics and whatnot, you cannot n not say it is untransformed in terms of our organogram. You can argue when uh, you talk about who it does business with, uh, who it buys mm. coal from, and, and so forth. You can argue about that, that uh, and, and, and you have a valid argument. I think that um, uh, argument about transformation, insofar as it, it has to do with ESCOM specifically, it's misplaced. Yeah. You can make an argument for a woman CEO. Mm. That you can do. Why? Um, who, who how, see, how many female CEOs? Uh, you see, the, 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 the bigger, yeah. but the bigger so problem. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the bigger problem up here with with parachuting a woman, and 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 I say this with the most amount of cautiousness and wearing my feminist flag very high, and proudly. Wave it, wave it, wave it. <laughs> the, the, the 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 problem I I have with the women's league saying fifty percent of of SOEs must be run by women. The reality of it is that if you look at that same ESCOM organogram, you're not going to find women on that board, enough women on the board. You're not going to find women in the second tier of, of, of leadership, the third tier of leadership. You, you know where you're going to find women? Right there at right the bottom. bottom. Your engineering pool, how many of them are women? Not much. So the problem with saying, no, no, we need a woman on the top, is to that same fake Trans, is that fake transformation? Absolutely. Of of yeah. just it's that that kind of the opposite the, the female equivalent of blackface. You know where yeah, they, where yeah. you just know you know we need to to solve a problem. What the women's league needs to needs to encourage or or or, or, or to pick up a fight with with Gordon to say okay, you appointed a male. We're unhappy that you appointed a male a male CEO, but give us the organigram and tell us how many women do you have in your in your executive mm. beyond the chief executive officer, and how are you creating programs? Because remember, to grow in ESCOM, most of ESCOM comes from ESCOM. So you mm. grow, you know, and you up the, the corporate ladder. So how are you making it easy for women engineers? How are you making it easy for inspectors of, of ESCOM? For, you know, all of these things. Because the reality of it is, I can't think of one woman who's, who, who, who's been an authoritative voice from ESCOM in any capacity. Mm. Um, look, th there is this debate um, 
a lot of people have been having is also to, uh, to to criticize the appointment to say, but the guy is not even an engineer. You need an engineer. But, you know, um, companies have shown that Yes. To be a CEO, you don't necessarily need to. Uh, the CEO is, is our CEO a journalist? No, but the, but the, but the difference. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm but the difference is in the absence of you. You drop the share price of Nampak. You you no, no, are no, no, a no. white guy. Da, 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 da. So you must at least have some. You maybe your one selling point must be you have you have knowledge of the industry and you yeah. don't. Yeah. So, so what I was saying is, uh, there's nothing that was stopping them from. Uh, going to uh, uh, the corporate world and 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 seeking a female uh, who is capable as a CEO, so that that's, that 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 was the point I was I was making. You could have just put Maria Ramos mm. there as well. No, I mean, uh, see, she, she's I, capable. She has I, shown. I mean, if you can take it to PIC and have a no, no, no. But, but you what, what I'm saying is that is that if women's league are arguing for women. It's not like there are no capable women who are who can turn companies around, but and that the fact that um, you, you, the argument of being an engineer cannot be used against this guy, then it cannot be used against women who yes. are not experienced yes. engineers in the field, which is they didn't necessarily have to come uh, from ESCOM up. Uh, it could be other women who have been uh, doing well. But can we agree in, in on the, the superficial? Sense? Yeah, no, 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 I agree you with you on okay. that one. I agree. Actually, that is the point I wanted to add on that. This uh, any so-called transformation that is bottom, no, no, that is top-down approach. It will never work because, as you put it, what is the point of having? that person at the top when the rest of the organization is untransformed gender-wise and race-wise, you know. So uh, the transformation debate needs to be deep and not be myopic and very narrow in the manner in which the NC Women's League are approaching it. And they've been doing this even in terms of government deployments, with the fighting for MECs to be... I don't agree with that kind of approach because you can have an MEC who's a female. If the rest of the department in terms of the organogram is 80% male and 20% women, it doesn't help. It's just... Uh, it's an elitist kind of approach that I completely disagree with, you know. So, uh, ANC Women's League needs to do better. I don't agree with their argument on this in this regard at all. I don't agree with the ANC Women's uh, Youth League task team. Theirs, I think it's a proxy fight. We know uh, the people in charge, most of them are aligned to the uh, RET faction. So, it's, it's a factional fight of the ANC. They are not even interested in the issues that they are talking about. And, they, and it, it shows by how they completely miss the point that they, you know, they just go for the men, go than this, go than this. They don't go for the issues that pertains to this appointment. So the whole uh, thing is just a fast as far as I'm concerned. Uh, people who are contributing within it are missing the point completely. And the other thing is, uh, uh, Zingi says that there, there, there is a bigger issue here. And I hate to be that person that would be like, oh, there's a bigger issue than race. But there is a bigger issue in the sense that ESCOM needs to be unbundled, right? And yes. even within the ruling party, there is an agreement on mm. it. Labor is completely against it. The unbundling of ESCOM is linked to the lifeline ESCOM gets or doesn't get. So, so the reality of it is that this man is coming in to a task that nobody even agrees mm. is yeah, the mm. right thing to fix it. Yes. Mm. And so w you have this really precarious situation. You have a board that's a bit dodgy. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that long and big rubber stamp. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, when are they firing that one? <laughs> uh, I don't endorse that message. <laughs> Jabba Babuza, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, me too. By the way, on Saturday, I have a head that looks like yours, so I don't endorse. <laughs> but the reality of it is that, you know, it makes me sad that this announcement was supposed to be how are we going to fix ESCOM yes. becomes fodder for political infighting. Yeah. Like unfortunately, let's, unfortunately. Let's take a quick short break. Um, when we get back, we're going to be talking about another racial issue, but this time in the DA. Um, join us when we're back. Racial identity politics, the phrase that has the potential to start an argument in just about any situation. That's why we're starting it first. Let's Start an Argument is a unique and insightful podcast series about the meaning of race to us today. Presented by researcher Cecilia Koch and Doctor of Philosophy Jason Werbeloff, the series aims to spark rational argument and meaningful discussion around this controversial topic. Find Let's Start an Argument now on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back. Now, in a climate where race-based politics seems to be at the top of the agenda for the DA, um, we have John Steenhuisen taking over control of the party, uh, if only temporarily. Now, but more importantly, his election with a 75% majority of voting delegates shows that it's almost likely that he will become the next permanent leader of the party next year. Now, Abhi, what does this say about the way in which the DA is going, the election of John Steenhuis in such prominent position, or the most prominent position? First of all, my brother, before you go to Abhi, yeah. remember uh, last week... I was the one who congratulated yes, you did call him it. in advance. You did yes. call it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, people yeah. said, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No, no. So you must first congratulate me. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you should have put some money on it. <laughs> we, we congratulate you, Bobo. You see the, the, the difference between you and I on this particular one mm. is that even though I agreed with you, of air. I couldn't say that. Chief, I was still going to write the story. So, I mean, imagine me, imagine Ghana hearing the podcast and then I'm calling him and he's like, but why do you want a comment from me? Because you already <laughs> said I've yeah. lost. But you see, um, look, um, like what I, I was saying last week, <clears throat> um, it was a good thing that uh, John Steen Hazen won with the landslide. Mm. It means at least the people that he's going to be leading with at federal uh, council. Uh, they, they, they've they given him a full mandate. Mm. Uh, Unlike Ramaphosa. Uh, that's right. Oh, God, you went <laughs> there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it, it's going to be less, um, it, it means for me, a lot of people are going to rally around him. Yeah. Um, uh, they're going to support him. But the, the then the battle begins. Um, this was just, um, I don't know, uh, a process to, to, to have a face for the party. Mm. But then the, the real battle begins now uh, going towards uh, 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 their Con policy conference yes. in April. Because you must, you must look at how this battle was being fought. It was fought around the policy positions. Mm. Um, uh, John Steinhaus and going this way about not... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
really mm. uh, running away from uh, mentioning race, using race as a proxy, and so on. In fact, he made a very a comment that uh, I couldn't understand. Um, uh, and the journalists at that press conference were very, they were not holding back mm. uh, on the issue of race. And then they asked him about uh, the job stats that were talking about how much uh, 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 white South Africans are being paid more than black South Africans, uh, which were released by States SA. And then, astonishingly, he said, we are reading the states wrong. In fact, uh, the states are not calling for racially based, uh, race-based uh, policies. They are showing that race-based policies have failed. But this thing is talking about uh salary salary mm. disparities of course and then I, I couldn't understand where he's coming from because yeah. you saying here we started from 94 mm. and uh, it was a norm that uh, black and white south africans doing the same jobs men and women doing the same jobs that the men must must earn more a white person must earn more uh, so they implemented uh, 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 um, uh, ee ee is uh, Employment equity. Yeah. Employment equity, there was <coughs> BE. Yeah. But employment equity um, being uh, uh, the more uh, appropriate for uh, salary, uh, yeah. this thing of salaries. And he says race based policies have failed. That there are salary disparities, it shows that it's because race based policies have failed. I couldn't get his point because yeah. if you then track from 94, or, or after uh, 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 employment equi equity was implemented to now, you would see that even though <coughs> there is still a gap, mm. it has dropped. Of course. So I, I couldn't understand him. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, look. Uh, well, uh, once again, congratulations to John Stenhazen. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> told <laughs> you so. <laughs> yeah, no, it was always going to happen uh, this way. I mean, you know, actually with your point there about uh, Nazareth, it's good that he got uh, this overwhelming mandate. Uh, it means that whatever program uh, that he, he wants to, you know, pursue in his position as the party leader in the interim uh, is, is going to be largely successful. You know, it's one thing whether you agree with it or you don't. And you are pretty much correct, unlike uh, the current president of the ANC and the country, Cyril Ramaphosa. Part of the reason there's so much mess in the ANC and the country is because of that tight, yeah. you know, victory that he, he managed at, at, at Nazareth. It's, it's never good, you know. So, um, you know, in as far as his politics are concerned, I, I think the guy is largely confused, especially on this issue of uh, race politics. You know, I, I've been listening to him as people is saying, he just makes a whole lot of comments that don't make sense. I, I can't even begin, no, I don't even know where to begin from that press conference and all the other interviews he's been doing on radio. Actually, someone tweeted yesterday that every time Stenhazen opens his mouth on this race issue, some uh, thousands of votes are running away from the mm. DA because I think even the core constituency of the DA they're beginning to be confused mm. about the kind of message that this guy is is trying to communicate. I think he ought to uh, you know take a backseat and and reflect and decide uh, what sort of coherent message is he mm. going to punt going forward. And but I you think can't do that when you when you're a populist. 
That's what I'm saying. You see, and 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 I think that is part of his problem. That's that's what he is, uh, you know, currently battling with. He wants to please everyone. He doesn't want to sound too offensive. Too Why does it sound so familiar as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well yeah. You are on the road, Abiel. You are on the road. Yeah. So you see, I mean, that, that that's really the problem. And people who cannot have a backbone and take a stand whether if you believe in something i believe you should be able to coherently articulate it and be able to defend it against those that disagree with you and then be able to be willing to be convinced and to convince people and i don't think johnston hazen is that kind of a person and there's another issue of him that i think he's struggling with emotional intelligence the guy uh, blocks everyone on twitter who disagrees with him i don't think that's the kind of leader uh, you know that will be able to take the heat that comes with being a leader of the official opposition in the country because there is going to be a lot of views that are slamming the da its policies and its direction as we are doing now we are criticizing it tomorrow uh, well i'm already blocked I would have been blocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you oh, see, wow. also I, th- I think yeah, he needs to work. I'm the only one that's not blocked by Steelers. <laughs> We've not blocked. I mean, only. Me. <laughs> oh, you're not. Yeah. Oh, I don't even bother him for Twitter. Sorry. Okay, let me <laughs> let me just tweet you that. Hi, hi, Steelers. Me and then listen to our podcast. I'm saying nice things about him. Wait, yes, me, 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 Chukeda. So you see, that that's another issue. I mean, so really, the guy has got a lot to work on personally as a political leader because as a political leader you ought to have a thick skin you mm-hmm. ought to take i mean for instance uh, not that i favor him let me just make an example with Julius Marima Julius Marima is one political leader who takes a whole lot of flack mm. on social media although he's got quite a you know huge uh, you know support base in that particular platform but even those that criticize him i have never saw him to be a person who takes criticism in 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 bad light mm. to the point of blocking you he engages disagrees and forces and unleashes his army his defense <laughs> yeah. army on you you know but that's the kind of uh, you know a, a nature a political figure ought to be not one that is a cry baby that has got a light skin blocking people left right and side what is he going to do about people within his party who disagree with mm. him are you going to expel them And that pettiness that pettiness is 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 very Helen Zellerish. Yeah. In yeah. many ways. But Helen Zellerish does not block <laughs> Helen Zellerish uh, written a whole thing uh, responding to a story I wrote about a debate in legislature but she never blocked me. Well, I mean, the point that I'm making is that um J- John Stian Hazen is is a little bit um use the word juvenile but like you know yeah he's a great baby yeah very immature <laughs> oh. very immature in some ways and even in the way even in the in the in the in the way i've noticed the way he's been interviewed is that you have an understanding as a politician and as a journalist when you sit down with a journalist that it is my job to scrutinize you mm. those journalists that were sitting in that room at that press conference with you up here It was your job. You get paid. You get on the 25th you're going to get a salary for doing that job. And it's his job to present himself. So it's not personal. Yeah. Now when when you when you start interpreting things as personal and personal attacks, um you 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 realize and politicians in the past have shown have 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 who have taken these things personally have have 
you know the 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 consequence of it is that you um you you don't live long as a politician because you are constantly concerned about what other people are saying to you and you can't mm-hmm. grow a thick skin yesterday i had an interesting discussion um with Hermian Cronier, advocate Hermian Cronier, who's the head of the NPA's investigative directorate. And we, I mean, we were just laughing. They had a media roundtable. And um, I said to her, you know, it's so funny, because I did a story some weeks ago, I don't know if you guys remember, about them appointing four senior counsel, mm-hmm. right? And honestly, when I was writing the story, I, myself as the author of the story, I was like, it sounds a little bit like, like, Good news, like we're being too PRish, you know, <laughs> because and 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 I know the editor even said, like, you know, South Africa needs some good news, give that story, and they put it at the bottom of the front page, right? And subsequent to that, there was there was a lot of out- outrage because they um there's no uh, females in those four senior councils. Yeah. And she's like, she was so perturbed and upset and, you know, all of these things because she's like, I'm a female. I'm at the heading of the institute. The NDPP is a female. And why is this an issue? We got the best top, you know. And then and then she says, yeah, but then I had to realize I need to get a thick skin. Mm. And I was like, that's stuck in my brain. It's like people in high office need to get thick skin. Absolutely. No, we, we really... Because there's going, someone's not going to like something you do. Emotional intelligence for me, Q, is one of the most, if not the most critical value that a leader of any kind, be corporate, public, political, church, even pastors, they need to have that uh, thick skin. You can't be a leader and be uh, immune to criticism and and fear being criticized and fear being disagreed with. Hence, I'm saying uh, Mr. Johnston Hazen has got a lot uh, to work on even the jokes about his uh, highest qualification being metric really he needs to grow up this joke has been made for months and months but he still takes you know uh, offense from the question which is reality by the way you know so let's let's round it off like this up here when i ask you this what is the da do you think how is the da and what is the da going to look like under john stearnason are we going to see any massive changes from what we've seen under Musi Maimone? Where's the DA going with John Steer and Hazen's leadership? Um, I, I, I really can't answer that question uh, with confidence, uh, yeah. uh, Amil. Um, it's just it's the first week. Yeah. It's just the first week the guy is in charge. Um, he came through um, being supported by the number of people that have brought back Helen Zille. Mm. Um, I saw he was uh, 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 telling some s- s- some media organization that he's nobody's proxy. Mm. Um, you must understand that um, whatever it is that happened with Musi, um, they they worked closely together. Um, yes, he criticized the direction of the party now post Musi's era, but. Surely there were a lot of things that he agreed with, uh, with that leadership. Um, so I don't know how much of um, of changes he's going to make. Let's 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 give him maybe a week or two uh, and see. Because uh, you know the other thing is that it's an interim leader. So he's there. There are people who I can tell you for a fact are saying no, 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 no. Um, we had been approached to contest. But we didn't want to contest because what killed Moose is that we didn't have policy clarity. Yeah. So anyone could just stand up in a meeting and say, I know, mm. we, you see. So now now that there is a, 
a policy conference that is coming. Yes. So that's why I'm saying the real battle starts mm-hmm. now because it's going to be a real battle of ideas and uh, it's going to be crucial for him mm-hmm. to, to to ensure that his ideas uh, about uh, what the DA ought to do, um, uh, how it ought to look like, uh, it's, it stands on race and he wins that. If he doesn't win that, uh, go after a policy conference. Anyone then who's challenging, mm. uh, uh, you know, they, they want to see where is the party going because mm. a lot of talk is there about people saying, no, the, the party is going back to what it was. No, it's abandoning this thing uh, of, 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 of having uh, 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 one South Africa for all others because Musi says uh, it's no longer the vehicle. Mm. You know, if your, your leader as he's resigning, saying this project that we thought that we're doing is, is no longer viable here. Mm-hmm. So people are waiting on the sidelines to say, okay, this, this, this debate, this discussion, what is it going to yield? Mm-hmm. And therefore, then people are going to be coming out of the woodworks to challenge uh, for, for leadership because everything will be uh, in offer at, at the conference post that. So he is going to be very careful not to piss off a lot of people, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I think he's going to push very hard, uh, especially because um, he's got the support he got from federal council, which was very important for him because when he's then uh, driving uh, his ideas, even though um, he's, going, he's not the one who's going to be leading the policy discussion itself um, in terms of the logistics of it and all of that, he's going to want to, <clears throat> to ensure that he, uh, he, he cements Mm. Uh, his position but without pissing uh, off a lot of people yeah. so it might be that you won't really necessarily see uh, what the true DA would mm. be under Stian Hazen until he's re-elected okay. after Congress but uh, let's wait and see. Let me tell you my frank opinion. Oh, I, another prediction coming this no, way. No 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 <laughs> <laughs> my, my frank opinion is that uh, first of all it's John Stian Hazen in my opinion is the proxy of Helen Zine and he is going to implement what Helen Zile wants. We saw it with Musmaiman, and we said it at the time that Musmaiman was uh, uh, Helen Zile's proxy. And at the beginning, he was, you know, dancing to that tune until he found his own voice. Mm. But so determined was Helen Zile after Musi became his own man to remove him that he ca- she came back from political wilderness. Mm. And I think Johnston Hazen will learn from that lesson. Mm. Uh, we, we cannot run away from the fact that his election to that position is directly linked to the election of Helen Zille mm. as the federal council chairperson. And Helen Zille being the most powerful politician in the DA right now, in fact, for the past 15 years, in my opinion, yeah. I think this one, uh, uh, Johnston Hazen, is going to implement what are the views and, uh, uh, you know, uh, what is liked by uh, Helen Zille. And she, because he will understand that his safety and his, if he's about to return, at the actual conference next year, then that what that's what you ought to do. Oh, unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me in studio, and thank you for everyone out there who's listening. Um, we'll catch you at the same time next week. Have a good one.